praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Well, I got about 20% of you. I'm going to need everybody. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. That feels a little bit better. Amen. What a privilege and honor it is. You can be seated just for a moment uh, to be here. We'll be reading from Matthew 8, verses 16 and 17. Matthew 8, verses 16 and 17. We'll give you some time to turn there and uh, the media team to get there as well. Uh, of course, I want to say how good it is to have my wife with me. Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers. Amen. Your love and support. We feel it. It's so good going to a church where you can just feel the love and appreciation of the saints. And please know that that is mutual. Amen. We, we just feel a deep affection for you. We believe this is one of the greatest churches in Pentecost. Amen. We believe that. I know you're humble, so you don't want to you don't want to say amen too loudly, amen. But every now and then you can look around and say, man, I'm just glad to be a part of this church. That's all right to do that. You're a part of something great. You're a part of something special, amen. And if you won't give yourself a pat on the back, I'm giving you one here this morning, amen. Thank you for your attention Tuesday night uh, during the service. Appreciate uh, all of you responding, receiving the word and what God's been doing around here, amen. And I'm thankful for what God's going to do this morning. Amen. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't understand, he's working. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a provider. He's the door. He's the pushing, pushing back the darkness is what he does. He is everything that we need in this place, in this hour, on this Sunday morning. How many know that's true? Come on, how many know that's true? Amen. Like, like Brother Yusande mes- uh, mentioned, I know there's a few people out today, there's a few people missing, uh, not least, of course, your, your great leaders, Brother and Sister Mayo and, and many others, amen. But those of us that are here are here for a reason, and you are here because God wanted you to be here. Whether that's because he wanted to give you something special or he wanted to use you in the service today to impart something special to somebody else. Everybody here has a purpose for being here today, amen. If, if, if God moves and and, and you know he's here, but, but maybe you're good and you're soaring with the eagles right now, then God wants to use your hand and your voice to go to someone else and put your hand on them and put your arm around them respectfully and pray for them and minister to them. Amen. God wants to use each and every one of us here today. I believe that so much. Amen. So uh, without further ado, I want to turn to the word of the Lord here. Um, and, and real quickly say how good it is to see Brother Aaron Mayo, his wife and family here. Looking forward to being with them for their third year anniversary service here in just a few hours. Give them honor and appreciation. Looking forward to what God will do. And uh, good to see some Cornerstone North family as well. There in the back, God bless all of you. Yeah, I see you. Amen. They're, they're thinking, you talking about us? Yeah. So good to see you all here. And uh, little Sebastian was running around here. We appreciate him very much. Man, you never know. He might grow up to just be a little fireball preacher or something. He's an awesome young man. Appreciate all of you. And let's, without further ado, go to the word of the Lord. Matthew 8, 16 through 17 says, And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And Jesus cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. I want to draw your attention to what it says in the beginning of this scripture reading, 
when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. How many know that you can bring anything to Jesus? How many know if you've got a problem, you've got ache, you've got depression, you've got a sin, you've, you've, you've got some kind of heavy weight and baggage you're carrying, you can absolutely bring it to Jesus. He will not turn you away. He will not reject you. He will not think you're weird or too messed up or too far gone. But he will heal you. He will take care of your spiritual sickness and he will set you free. And if you believe that this morning, before we go any further into this service today, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to lift your voices. I want you to begin praying in faith and anticipation and an expectation that you can bring it to Jesus, that you can bring your messed up problems, your messed up self, and your, your messed up family situation, your broken heart, and your troubled mind. You can bring it all to Jesus, and he will set you free. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody lift your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, believing in what he's going to do. Come on, we need to do that just for a few more seconds. Amen. I know pastor's not here, and I know we've had a long week, and some of us are a little bit tired. But come on, let's push through that right now before we go any further. Let's make up our minds that whatever we've got to bring, we're going to bring it to Jesus and see what he'll do with it and see how he'll set us free. One more time, put those hands together and lift your voice to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. We live in a world that is full of disease, a world that is full of all kinds of diseases, and perhaps the worst and the most painful and the most difficult is diseases that are spiritual or that are emotional. Amen. Uh, we, we, it, 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 is much, it is much worse, as some of us could testify, to deal with certain spiritual maladies and deal with, with broken hearts and things of that nature than perhaps a broken limb, even as unfortunate and even as painful and hard it is to deal with the physical diseases as well. The Bible tells us that a wounded spirit, who can bear? There's, there's something about when a sickness comes upon our spiritual self, when, when we've come to this point of nihilism, when we come to a place where we feel numb and when we, we feel indifferent and we feel like nothing can make a difference anymore and you can't do anything good anymore and no one can do anything to help you and it's just too heavy and it's just too hard to carry and life is just too hard to bear and you've made too many mistakes to come back from it and too many people have hurt you and damaged you and abused you for you to ever heal and come back from it and those are the voices that are speaking to you and those are the lies that are being told told to you and if you're being honest you've started to believe some of it and you've started to cave under some of it and, and you just don't care anymore. You've found it hard to care about the things that you used to care about and the people you used to care about and the friends you used to care about and the things that used to get you excited and used to bring you pleasure and joy. Amen.
and now seem to no longer give you any pleasure or any joy. And you wake up in the morning perhaps wondering why you're even alive and wondering why what your purpose is. And, and you live in this postmodern world where they say that nothing matters and, and there is no objective truth and you cannot trust anything or anyone. And so you're burdened by that disease as well. Maybe you've heard that taught in your college, in your high school, or maybe it's been propagated by your family. But whatever the situation is, all of us, amen, have gone through some type of spiritual sickness before, and it is not easy, and it is not fun, and if there is not a remedy for it, it will absolutely destroy us. And there are some people in this place that there is some spiritual sickness. There is a weight that you are carrying of some shape or form, a weight of guilt or a weight of regret or a weight of, of, of pain of what others have done to you, and you've been trying to carry it on your own back. You've been trying to deal with it by yourself. You've been trying to no avail to use your own methods to heal things that only Jesus Christ can heal. But I've come to preach to somebody today that whatever you have, you can bring it to Jesus. Just as they brought the devil-possessed people, no matter what demons you have, no matter what devils you've been dealing with, so to speak, you can bring them to this altar, and Jesus will take care of them. I am daring somebody. I am imploring somebody to just bring it, to just go ahead and bring it. You say, it's too dark. It's too heavy. And Jesus says, bring it. I can handle it. I can handle you. That's not too dark for me. That's not too hard for me. Come on. You got some witchcraft in your life? Bring it. You've got some sexual perversion in your life? Bring it. You got some addiction and some pains from your past? Bring it. Come on. You used to manipulate people and you can't get the images out of your mind of what you did to other people? Come on. Bring it. I can handle that too. Anything that you've got, go ahead and bring it, honey, and God will take care of it. God will help you. God will heal you and give you the freedom that you've been so desperately wanting. Come on, somebody praise him right now if you believe that. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever you have. Whatever's on your back, whatever you're carrying, whatever lie that you believe, you can absolutely 100% bring it to God. And if you've got to title this today, you can just title it that, bring it. Bring it, just two words, bring it. Jesus is not afraid of your baggage. Jesus is not intimidated by your junk. Jesus is not scared of the things that you've done. Jesus is not scared about the people that are after your life that you're so worried about. Jesus is not troubled. Amen. When he looks back over your past and sees all that darkness and all that horror, Jesus says, honey, I've been handling this kind of stuff for thousands and thousands of years. Have you forgotten that one of my chief disciples, amen, became a persecuted Christian, but he used to persecute Christians. He had the weight and baggage of murder on his back and murder on his mind. But I appeared to him one day in a bright light on the Damascus road and I said, Saul, you've been persecuting me. You have absolutely no reason that I should save you, but I love you. I'm going to save you and I've appeared unto you to make you a minister. Jesus said, come on, Saul, bring your baggage. Bring it to me and I'm going to give you a new name and change it to Paul. I'm going to give you a new destiny. I'm going to use you to save millions. I'm going to use you to affect the world for the rest of time. Come on, Paul, just bring it to me. Don't don't be so scared. Don't be so troubled. Don't think that I can't heal that. Just bring it. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. 
Some of you, some of you are, 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 are carrying a false narrative, a lie that someone once told you that you have, you have believed and it has permeated and has been toxic in your life for years. Years. And I heard someone ask the question one time and it struck me to my core and it's going to strike some of us here today. And that person said, we have to ask ourselves, are we living in the right story? Are we living in the right story? You see, some of us are, are living in a story that someone else constructed for us. We're living in what is called a false narrative and what someone else constructed for us a long, long, long time ago. Let me give you an example. Someone told you when you were a child perhaps, whether implicitly or explicitly, told you that you are only valuable according to what you do instead of according to who you are. Someone told you that story. And so you grew up and you, you began believing that story and believing that narrative. And so your whole life, amen, you have never felt worth anything. You have never felt valuable unless you were just going and going and doing and doing, addicted to your work, an absolute workaholic. And unless you're doing such and such and this and that, you collapse, you get depressed because you don't feel valuable for who you are. Because someone once told you you're only valuable and special according to what you do. What, what about this? Someone else tells you you're only valuable according to your outward appearance. The world will appreciate you and I appreciate you. Maybe someone told you this when you were younger. You're, you're only good depending on your outward appearance, how much you can, you can prop yourself up, make yourself up, how stylish, how fashionable, the, the perfect makeup and all of these different things. And so you've grown up thinking that value is only attached to your outward looks, to your outward beauty. And so you've done everything you can, insecure to even leave the house unless you've got the latest and the greatest on your body, insecure to go anywhere unless you you, you, you think you're perfectly covered and protected. Amen. And so it's led you to begin to be with people and, and perhaps even date people throughout your life. Amen. That were shallow and did not have the best intentions for you. Because why? You were attracting people that were only concerned about the outward and not the inward. Because somewhere along the line, someone said you are only valuable according to what you look like on the outside. But that's a lie. That's a false narrative. That's a false story that some of you have been living in. It's time for you to bring that story to Jesus, to bring it to him, to step out of that false narrative and begin to believe the story of Jesus Christ. Begin living in a story of grace. Begin living in a story of mercy. Begin living in a story that says, honey, you are valuable because I made you, because I created you, because you're made in my image and I love you. Whether you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or not, whether you got the best job, whether you're popular or famous or not, I love you just because I created you. You are valuable to me. Come on. Somebody needs to bring that false narrative, that lie, that baggage that you've been carrying and you need to start believing the story of Jesus Christ. Come on. Somebody praise him right now if you believe that. Amen. The message of Jesus has always been you are valuable because I love you. You're valuable because I, because you are who I say you are. You are not who the world says that you are. You are not who, who your parents says you are if your parents said extremely negative things about you. He says you are who I say that you are. You say, but, but, but like these people, but Jesus, they've got demons. 
you, you know, you're, you're pretty optimistic, Jesus. Don't you see that these people are possessed, that these people have all kinds of devils, and these people have all kinds of demons. And Jesus says, I see beyond the demons. I don't just see the demons. I see the person that is there. Yes, they've been ravaged by this, and yes, they've been overtaken by this, but I don't look at that person. That's my daughter. That's my son. I, don't, I, I came for the sick. Those that are whole don't need a physician. I came for these kinds of people, and I don't see the devils in them, and I don't just see the baggage and the sin and the weight. I see a pure person. I see a person that loves me. Oh, come on, somebody. I see a person that is going to do great things for me. Come on. Anybody, has anybody ever been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light? Jesus looks beyond what you and I can see. Jesus doesn't look at that drug addict or that sex addict and, and sometimes does what we do and says, ah, I don't know if that person can ever be saved. I don't know if that person can ever be set free. No. Jesus looks past all of that and says, that person belongs to me. I want them. They can be set free. Yeah, the prostitute can be singing in the choir. Yeah, the, 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 the pornography addict, amen, can be preaching up in the pulpit when he or she is delivered. Come on. That's the kind. Of, can I just be real with you? That's the kind of God that we serve. He says, honey, stop. Get away from your pride and your condemnation and just bring it to me, okay? Hush, hush, hush. Enough with the excuses. Enough with the explanations. Just bring it to me. Stop taking it to everybody else. Stop going to everyone else before you come to me. Bring it to me. Bring your depression. Bring your anxiety. Bring your fear. Bring your addiction. Bring your weird thoughts. Bring your manipulation. Bring it all to me and I will set you free. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Can, come on, can anybody testify to that real quick? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing that he can't do. There's no place that his arm won't reach. The Bible says that even when we make our bed in hell, he is there. So when you were propping up your pillow in that apartment in hell, Jesus' arm was there and saying, whenever you're ready, sir, whenever you're ready, ma'am, you just grab a hold of my hand and I'll pull you out of this thing. I'll save you and I'll set you free. Bring it. Just bring it. There's some people in here. Hey, man, you, you have been, you, you're ashamed of the darkness. You're ashamed of some of the things that you've been battling. And you have allowed your shame to keep you from the arms of Jesus. How many times do we see people because we trust in our own strength wrongly instead of trusting in his. And so God forbid we make some kind of mistake. God forbid we start wrestling with some kind of darkness. Amen. And then Sunday rolls around and we say, uh-uh, that church is full of, of good, holy, precious saints. And that's true. And I'm not a good, holy, precious saint. So I'm going to stay at home. Amen. I just, I just don't deserve to be there. I don't want to be around and keep my head down and feel uncomfortable. And I don't have to talk to anybody. So, And I made a big mistake just two days ago. So I'm just staying home. I'm just going to sit this one out. And then the condemnation builds. And a few days later, maybe a mistake makes again. And then the next Sunday rolls around. And you're skipping that one too. And the next thing you know, a month or two months have passed. And you've allowed your shame to keep you from the arms of Jesus. And Jesus says, honey, I'm not condoning sin. And you're going to be delivered from this thing. But no matter how many times you fall, you got to get up and you got to keep bringing it to me. There's never a good reason to miss church. There's never a good reason 
reason to stop praying. You don't have to be perfect to pray. Prayer will make you perfect. You've got to keep praying. When you fall and mess up, that's the best time for you to go to church. When you fall and messed up, that's exactly when you get, need to get on your knees and pray. And Jesus will never turn you away. He'll say, I'm just glad my son and my daughter is here at an altar again praying. I'm just glad that that precious visitor is here again on a Sunday morning at the altar praying. Yeah, I know they just took a needle to their veins. I know they just had their cigarette in their lips. I know they just put the bottle to their lips last Friday night and got plastered drunk and didn't remember what they did Saturday morning. I know they did all that, but don't you see, I love them and they can bring it to me. And if they keep coming to me, they will not be that drunk forever. They will not be that Friday night partier forever. They will not be that drug addict forever. But if they keep bringing their baggage to me, I will set them free. Somebody praise them right now. Come on. I need your faith to rise right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 4, 17 through 18, he was quoting what was spoken many, many years prior in the book of Isaiah. And it says this, he, there was delivered unto him, Jesus, the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Thank you. This is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This means physically but also spiritually poor, the destitute. He said he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I know that this is basic, and I know you've heard this preached since Sunday school, but may we never lose the power and the profundity of this. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. And there's some people that are being held captive here this morning. And the Bible says, and he came to recover the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. In case you wondered what Jesus' purpose was, in case you've ever wondered what Jesus is all about, this is what he is all about right here. This is why he came to earth. This is why he died for your sins. This is why he preached all throughout the, 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 the place that he ministered in. This is why he raised people from the dead. This is why he opened blinded eyes, because he came to heal the broken hearted. Is there anybody here with a broken heart this morning, and you need some healing, and you need the pieces put back together? Is there anybody here that is held captive by sin, or delusion, or all kinds of baggage? He came to deliver you, honey. Is there anybody here that's spiritually blind, and you can't see left from right, and you can't see the floor in front of you? Hey, honey, he came to recover your sight. Is there anybody here that's been bruised, and and you feel like your whole body is just bruised. And anytime anybody touches you, you're uncomfortable because you've been so bruised and you've been so hurt by life. And your body is just one big black and bru and yellow bruise. And you don't want anybody to come close to you. Hey, honey, he came to set at liberty you too to where your frown can be turned into a smile. And where you used to not be able to even be around people because you had so much social anxiety. Jesus said, I came, honey, to set you free. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been bruised on the inside, but let me heal you of those things. Let me heal you from what your, your daddy said about you. Let me heal you from what your mom would say about you or even not say about you. Sometimes silence is more painful than words. When you're craving something, an affirmation from a loved one. 
Let God heal you from the things that you were never told. Let God heal you in the areas of things that you were never given. I know sometimes it takes time, and I know it's a process, but God can start that process today. And God is the God that can do powerful things in one moment of time. These saints around us can testify to that. In one moment of time, he can fill you with his spirit. You'll speak in other tongues as the evidence of that, and you will feel joy unspeakable and full of glory. You will feel peace like you've never felt. You will feel the fullness of joy because in his presence is fullness of joy. How many know I'm telling the truth right now? This is what Jesus wants to do in one moment of time. Jesus can heal you like you've never been healed and he can begin a healing process that needs to take place in your life that has not yet taken place up until this point. You got to let him touch those areas, the deepest areas of your heart that no one else can touch. You got to let him touch those areas of your heart that you're afraid to visit yourself. You've got to let him open the doors and the windows and let his light shine in to those dark basements and those dark attics that you refuse to visit. Amen. Because it's making some of you sick and it's making some of you weigh down and it's affecting your life. It's affecting your marriage. It's affecting your, your, your family life, your work life, whatever else. And Jesus is here saying, I know life is hard and I'm not making light of what you've been through, my son or my daughter. But what I am saying is that you can bring it to me. Let me carry it. Come on, do we still believe Jesus is the answer for everything? Come on, Jesus is saying you've been carrying things that you were never meant to carry. You've been carrying things that human beings cannot carry on their own. Jesus is the only one that could die for our sins and hang on a cross and come back to life. We can't do that. Do you understand there's some things that we can't do that only Jesus can? And it's amazing, tragically amazing to see human beings put things on their back and begin to walk with it and begin to carry it and try to make their way through life. And they smile, amen, and they think that they've got everyone fooled. But they don't have anybody fooled. And they don't have Jesus fooled. And Jesus said, you've got a burden on your back that you are trying to carry on your own. And you cannot carry it on your own. Now is the time for you to let me lift that off of your back. Come on, why don't you give me a fair trade? Give me your nasty, dirty garments, and I'll give you my beautiful, spotless, white garment. I will take the burden. I will take the yoke off. I will take the thing that you've been trying to carry on your own, that you cannot handle on your own. It's too big for you. It's too strong for you. That's why I'm here, to help you, to lift it off of you, to set you free. Just bring it to me. Stop making the excuses and bring it to me. Trust me with it. Talk to me about it. But I've hurt people, preacher. You don't understand. I've hurt people. I've toyed with people. I've messed with their minds in one way or the other. I've lied. I've stolen. I've cheated people. I've, I've hurt my own family members. And Jesus says, yeah, that's painful. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, like, yeah you, you racked up a big bill on that one, didn't you? But guess what? I paid the price for that bill. I've already got it covered, and I've left a tip. <laughs> I'll take care of your bill. I, I, I've got that covered. I, I, I know you've hurt people, and the regret is real, and the pain is real. But sir, but ma'am, don't you understand? I heal manipulators too. I can heal deceivers too. I can heal liars too. 
Come on, if somebody's willing to repent and admit what they've done and confess what they've done and surrender themselves to God, it doesn't matter what you've done. God can absolutely heal that. The only thing that God resists is pride, honey. And if you get rid of your pride, God will take care of it. God does not resist liars. The Bible doesn't say that. He doesn't resist manipulators or cheaters or sexual promiscuity people or, or, or adulterers or whatever your past might be. Jesus, the Bible says, in such were some of you. The only thing Jesus will resist is if you will not let down your pride. And if you will not pray, but on the other side, if you choose to repent, it does not matter who has hurt you or how many people you yourself has hurt. God will forgive you and set you free. Come on, I need somebody to believe that. I said free. I didn't say halfway done. I didn't say halfway loose. I said free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. There's no question about it. There's no clarification. There's no caveat. When you've been set free and you believe the love of God and you repent, you are free indeed. Somebody needs to make up your mind that this morning I am going to bring it. Whatever I've been carrying, I'm going to take it off and I'm going to bring it to God. I need someone to praise him. I want the musicians to come. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Somebody lift your voice right now and pray. Come on. Come on. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. You're looking at somebody, and I've told pieces of my story, and some of you have had it far worse than I have had. And some of you have been into more dark areas than I've gone into. But I know what it's like to live in darkness. I know what it's like, as the psalmist said, there is no rest in my bones because of my sin. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to not be able to sleep because of what I've done what I've seen. I know what it's like to step into dark areas and watch as the light that was there, as, 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 I, as I allow myself to do things I shouldn't do, I, I've watched the darkness come over me. I've watched as I walked into some dark places that I didn't think that I would go. I know what it's like to carry baggage. I know what it's like to have the weight of the world, so to speak. That's how you feel, right? on your mind and on your shoulders. But I also know what it's like to finally get sick of it all and get so desperate for Jesus by his grace and mercy to come to him and to lay it all at his feet, to bring every bit of baggage to him and to say, Jesus, I don't care what you have to do to me and I don't care what I have to get rid of. Here I am. I'm bringing it. Warts and all. Flaws and all crazy baggage and all, things that I can't repeat to anybody else and all, yeah, all of it, here it is. And I know what it's like for Jesus to swoop down into a room where there was a 17-year-old boy on his knees weeping and to flood that room with his presence, to renew that boy with his spirit speaking in other tongues, to set that boy free. And, and, and to hear the voice of God saying, listen, you may have experienced some darkness, but you need to realize there's more darkness out there that I'm saving you from right now. And yes, you've made mistakes, but do you understand 
it could always be worse. And there's more darkness that you were headed for that I have now stopped. I have now come into this place because you've repented and I am now setting you free. And all that darkness that you experience, I am going to be shedding light into your life and I am pushing back all of that darkness. And that was eight years ago. And that 17-year-old boy is standing here before you today set free by the blood of the Lamb, set free by the light of God. My life is an open book. I, 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 I try to be as transparent as I can so Jesus' light can flow through me. I don't have secrets. I don't have things to hide. I don't have the baggage of sin and the baggage of the people that I, that I used to hurt and manipulate. I don't have that on me anymore. I've surrendered it to God. I've repented. I've brought it to Him, and He has set me free. You may have experienced darkness but it's never too late to experience the light. And you don't have to get further into the darkness before you decide to turn around and start experiencing some light. You, 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 come on, if you've dabbled with it, if you've been playing in the shadows, you don't have to go to the darkest depth. You don't, you don't have to go to that belly of the whale at the bottom of the sea. Come on, you, you, don't, you don't have to go there. Hey Amen. You, 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 you don't have to even go to the pig pen. Maybe some of you have been playing around in the ditch by the side of the road and you're on your way to the pig pen. You don't have to even go that far. Hey Amen. You can turn around today. Jesus can set you free today. I've seen some people as I'm preaching and as I've walked amongst this crowd, I've seen some of you, God's working on you. Some of you are allowing it to show on your face and the tears are flowing and God bless you for that. That means you're going to be even more ready and prepared for God to pour himself out on you. And some of you, amen, are just as sensitive, but you're afraid to let it show on your face. You're afraid to totally break. You're afraid to totally let it go because you're worried about what people might think or you're worried about letting go of that security blanket you've held on to. Can I just tell you, whatever the position you are in today, just begin in your spirit right now to bring it to him. Just begin in your spirit right now to let it go, to release it to him. I'll never forget. I'm closing. I am. I, my wife and I have very good friends of ours and a uh, married, married couple, very close friends, kind of like a brother and sister. And, and the, the woman in this couple has one of the most brutal, painful testimonies I've ever heard, and I haven't even heard all the stories. I mean, I, I, I would put her story up against just about anybody's here, the things that she's seen and experienced. You want to talk about demons, she knows all about demons. From, 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 from little, from growing up for years, she knows all about what it's like to experience demons and to experience evil. And by the grace of God, she is a mother of a few children, sweet-spirited, loves God, prays. She's not perfect, and her past will try to rear its head up every now and then, but she's learned by the grace of God how to bring it to Jesus and how to keep those ugly, gnarly things back in the past. And I'm telling you, the work God has done in her life is unbelievable. Someone who's been what, she, what she's gone through, I'm talking about every kind of abuse you can think of. I'm talking about just the worst things you can imagine. She has experienced it, and yet she has a forgiving spirit, a loving spirit, a kind wonderful young woman. Her father was the source of a lot of her pain as well, her father and her mother. But by the grace of God, several years ago, her father, who used to be a hitman, he used to be an assassin for a foreign government in another country, I won't name which one, a Spanish-speaking country, he was a hitman for that government. The government's very corrupt. And he personally 
executed many people and personally approved the execution of many people. This, this young lady would tell you she remembers being young and remember because of the, the enemies that were after them, they had to be airlifted by helicopter, her and her assassin father and her family when she was just three or four years old. I mean, the story she could tell will blow your mind. And her dad, by the grace of God, after all those years and, and, and assassinating people and doing the government's dirty work, ended up in a Pentecostal church somewhere out in the south somewhere. And he got on his knees and he wept and he repented and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And on that day, all of his sins, the record of everything he had ever done, past, present, and future was washed away. That's how powerful it is when you bring it to Jesus. When you lay your weights and your pride aside and say, if it says in the Bible that all my sins are washed away in baptism, it's about how time I get baptized. Some of you, I don't know what you're waiting for. Peter commanded them to be baptized. Here's, here's water. What's hindering you to be baptized? When someone told me that I could have all my sins and the record washed away in Jesus' name, you would have had to held me back by the throat to, to, to get to those waters of baptism. So he brought it. He got baptized in Jesus' name. He, 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 so many things were different and made better, but he had not, I'm closing, but he had not yet received the Holy Ghost. And he would pray. He would weep. He would be the first one to the altar dancing and jumping he was a worshiper, and he still is. But he had not yet received the Holy Ghost. He had not yet had that experience of speaking in other tongues. And he would pray, and he would pray. And this doesn't have to happen. There's always a reason why this happens. But some years went by, and he still didn't have the Holy Ghost. But he would tell you now, the reason is, is because he was so condemned. He would fight every day with the feelings of condemnation about what he used to do. And he did not believe that he was deserve of, deserving of receiving the Holy Ghost. So he would pray but not really have the faith to believe that God was going to give it to him. A murderer of all people. A, a, a person who abandoned his family from a young age of all people. But he kept pushing. He kept coming to church. He kept bringing his baggage to Jesus. He kept bringing his demons to Jesus. He didn't get so discouraged where he stopped praying. He didn't get so discouraged where he stopped coming to church. And just a few months ago, maybe almost a year now, amen, we got the report that in his home, the pastor went to meet him for dinner. And in his home, over dinner and, and a casual little Bible study, that night our friend's father received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now he understands that yes, I don't deserve it, but none of us do because the Holy Ghost is a free gift. Nobody deserves his grace. Nobody deserves his love. Nobody deserves his mercy, but he pours it out anyway. And if you'll bring your stuff to God, if you'll bring your baggage to him, he'll set you free. He'll heal you. He'll wash away your sins. He'll fill you with his spirit. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for everything to change. Today is the day for you to speak in tongues. Today is the day for you to find freedom from your depression. Today is the day for you to find freedom from your anxiety. Today is the day to bring all to Jesus Christ. I need somebody to stand, and I need you to praise him right now. This preacher's done preaching, and God is here fixing and ready to move. Lift your hands all over this house and begin to call out to him. Begin to lift your weights and lift your package to him. Come on. Come on. I need somebody to do that right now. I need somebody to push a little bit. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
There's some sons and daughters here. There's some people here that need deliverance. Come on, and if that's not you, pray for those people like it was your son. Pray for those people like it was your daughter needing a breakthrough. Come on. Come on. I'm going to bring it to you, Jesus. I'm tired of holding on to it myself. I'm trying to try to figure it out myself. I'm not my own savior. I'm not the captain of my ship. God, you're in charge. Here's the reins. Here's the keys. That's it. Come on. Just a few more seconds. Come on. We're pushing through. There's some of us that are breaking ground right now. You're sweeping the house so God can fill it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jesus, there's nothing too hard for you. Come on. I need somebody to believe that. I'm lingering. I'm tearing for a reason. Come on. Jesus, there's nothing you can't do. I need somebody to believe that. Jesus, there's nothing you can't break in me. Jesus, there's no chain too hard. Jesus, there's no wall too high. Jesus, there's no problem too big. God, my past is not too heavy. But the promise outweighs the past. My potential outweighs my past. Oh, come on, somebody. If God has spoken to you this morning, or if you are someone here and you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, do not hesitate. The invitation is now. The invitation to express your faith and to come to this altar is now. Come on. If you've never spoken in tongues and you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to come right now. I don't want you to hesitate. I just want you to start coming. You will not be alone. People will be with you. Maybe you already have the Holy Ghost, but you've needed this message today. There's something that you need to surrender to God. Come on. This is open for you. Come on. There's some hesitancy, but I promise you, once you break past your hesitancy, this thing is going to break loose in this service this morning. That's it. Come on. See? See, there's some faithful, hungry people coming. Come on. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's some people over here in this section. There's some people in the back that God has been speaking to, and I feel implored and encouraged by the Holy Ghost to invite you to come. You need to be at this front. You need to be bringing it to Jesus. Come on, you've been weeping tears in the back. Come up here and weep tears. Come up here and lift it to Him. That's it. That's it. Jesus, you change. You change it all. Some ministers of the church to help me pray for these people. Come on, God's doing it. He changes. 